0: If that was for me, let's do a better one for Jesus. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Lift up your right hand and thank God for tonight. Thank him for Sunday morning, Sunday night. Thank him for last night and thank him especially for tonight. Lift up your voice and thank him. Give him praise. Give him glory. Lord, we honor you. We give you praise. We celebrate you. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your visitation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. Mm-hmm. Lanti kalosiva daboko se bede 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 linta lo ko se bediba handasa. Lift up your voice, speak in the language of a spirit. Open up, your spirit open, up your heart, open up your spirit, open up your heart, open up your spirit, open up your heart, open up your spirit in the language of a spirit as you position yourself to receive from God tonight. Landu kasiba de katula bande kasuta palli ko se gere behandala bahandosaba. Rekato Rekote de Sebe. In Jesus' precious name. Keep your right hand up as a point of contact with the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for Sunday morning, Sunday night, last night and tonight. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory for diverse encounters and experiences we've had since the conference began. We pray tonight, we avail our hearts, our minds, our souls, every part of our being to you. Spirit of God, speak to us, challenge us, change us, transform us, and much more position us to walk in our highway of supernatural blessings. We give you praise. We give you glory that tonight... You are here to breathe upon your word. You are here to bring us revelation. You are here to bring us transformation. Take all the glory, Holy Spirit, as you work with me today. Thank you, Father, for your help. In Jesus' much less name and the saints of God, shout out an amen. amen. Shout a louder amen. amen. All right, let's humbly take our seats in God's presence. Amen. Praise God. And I want us to appreciate the musicians, the choristers, Yahan and all of the others. Again, this church is a very blessed church. You didn't hear what I said. I said, this church is a very, very rich and blessed church. Rich with all manner of giftings. Amen. I was telling your pastor, when I got to the, his office, just before we walked in and they were singing, I actually thought for a moment that it was a recorded something that was being played. I, I In fact, it's amazing. Amen? You have an amazing pastor and amazing church. Praise God. It's it's, it's so inspiring to be with you. Amen? And I believe that the future is even brighter. Praise God. Once again, I want us to celebrate our conference host and our pastor. Let's put our hands together. Celebrate Pastor Dan and his dear wife. For their massive show of love, their hospitality, their leadership. Celebrate them. Amen. Praise God. If you don't learn to celebrate people, you will never be celebrated. Praise God. And one of the persons you like to celebrate highly. The Bible says we should honor and esteem them highly. That's our pastor. Praise God. It's always important that you understand that in the realm of the spirit, we are not all children of God. When it comes before God, we are all children of God. But in the realm of the spirit, we are not all children of God. Praise God. The Bible says that know them that have the rule over you. Rule. Somebody say rule. There are people God has set over us to rule over us. And these people need to be acknowledged. They need to be accepted. And they need to be honored. Praise God. And if God gives you one who is devoted, one who is dedicated, one who is committed to the assignment, you are even greatly blessed for it. Once again, I want us to put our hands together for your pastor. Your pastor loves you very much, Amen. When I interact with him, I feel his heart for you. Praise God! You are you are too blessed, Amen. Okay. Tonight, I have my senior associate minister with me here, Reverend Bright. And then I see some of our deacons and ministers also in the church. Amen. But it's wonderful to be with you. Once again, we are getting into God's word and I'm going to continue what I started last night. So come with me to Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. That's what I will teach on tomorrow and then I'll finish my session. Luke chapter 19, 16, verse 19 to 31. The New Living Translation, please. Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay the poor man named Lazarus who was covered with swords. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open source. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish this in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, You had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he's here being comforted and you are in anguish. Verse 26, And besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's house for our five brothers and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen even if someone rises from the dead. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 8. The King James Version says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Somebody say, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Okay, so last night I began teaching on how to live and end well in life. Somebody say, How to live and end well in life. Life is a journey. We all come in naked but we all don't live life naked. Praise God. Our entry point into life and our exit point into life. They are all marked by the same thing. They are all marked by nakedness. Job said, naked I came, naked I shall return. In the book of 1 Timothy, Paul was speaking. He said, for we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Praise God. So, In between the the exit and the entry, we have nothing. But within our lives, in between, we must have something. Somebody say, we must have something. And that is life. In between, your end is nothing. Some people live with the mindset that, well, we brought nothing into this world. We can carry nothing out. So we don't have to get anything. Just let me live life and go through the motions. No, that's not God's will and purpose for our lives. Praise God. God knows that you brought nothing and you will carry nothing. But while you are alive, he wants you to have something. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants me to have something. In the book of First Timothy, First Timothy, the King James Version says, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17 all the way to 19. First Timothy 6, verse 17 to 19. He says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Praise God. How can you have the capacity to do good? You need to be rich. You need to be empowered. And I see God empower you in this conference. Wow. So in the account we read, the story about Lazarus and the rich man, we said yesterday that it reveals to us three categories of people in life. How many people? Three categories. One is the first category is the rich man's category. Somebody said the rich man's category. And we said the rich man's category has to do with people who live well in life, but they don't end well. Praise God. There are people who live life well, everything they have. The Bible said the rich man lived every day in Lazarus. But when he died, he could not afford satiate water. Praise God. That's how poor he was at the other side. Then the Bible says we also have the Lazarus category. Somebody said the Lazarus category. Now the Lazarus category has to do with people who live poorly in life but end well in life. Lazarus lived as a poor man. He didn't have anything he was just living at the mercy of cramps. But when he died, he found his, himself resting in Abraham's bosom. That was a nice place to be. Praise God. And then, of course, we have the one that we said yesterday night that that is God's ultimate will for us. We have Abraham's category. Somebody say Abraham's category. Abraham. Say it aloud Abraham's category. We said Abraham's category has to do with people who live well and end well. Somebody say they live well and they end well. And that is how you will live and end well. I said you will live and end well. Last night we established that God's will is for us to live like Abraham. Why? Because Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is every man that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ, that we might obtain the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise God. So the b- blessing of Abraham, when you got born again, you were grafted into the blessing of Abraham. And what is the blessing of Abraham? The Bible says in Genesis 24, verse 1, And Abraham was old, wear stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. So when we talk about the blessing of Abraham, we are talking about all things blessings. Somebody say all things blessings. Where well, you are blessed in all things. When you marry, you are blessed with children. Praise God. If you do a business, you are blessed with profit. If you get into any academia to study, you are blessed with excellence. May you be blessed in all things. I said, may you be blessed in all things. May this church be blessed in all things. May we be blessed with money. May we be blessed with souls. May we be blessed in all areas of our lives. Can I hear, believing amen here? So Abraham was blessed in all things and God wants us blessed in all things. And I walked you through a few people who lived well and ended well. The first one we talked about was the fact that Abraham lived well and ended well. Somebody say, Abraham lived well. And he ended well. Praise God. I also went into the New Testament and I showed you Apostle Paul. Who also lived well and ended well. When it was about ending, he said... I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now it's laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give unto me on that day. Not unto me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. But I came to talk about one man and I introduced him and I couldn't do much about it. But tonight we want to walk into that man's life and be able to discover how to do this thing. Praise God. So come with me to First Chronicles 29, verse 26 to 28. First Chronicles 29, verse 26 to 28. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel for 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. Seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Verse 28. Let's read it together. And he died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, honor. Good. Then his son Solomon ruled in his place. Let's read it again. One go. Having enjoyed long life. Praise God. I'm sure all of us want to have an end like this. How many of you want to have an end like this? And I want you to know that you can end like that. Praise God. It is God's will that you end like that. And I told you last night that the reason why we have a firm assurance that we can end like that is because of the person, the particular character, biblical character, who had this kind of end. If you want to look at David and consider him, and you want to think about people who should have a glorious end, David is not one of such people who should have it. Praise God. But in spite of who he was and how he started and where he came from, David ended like that. That's why I don't want you to take yourself out of the equation of people who can end well. Maybe because of your background. Maybe because of the experiences you've gone through in life. Maybe because of where you stay, Maybe because of where you were born. Maybe because of what you do for a living. I came to announce to you regardless of your background, regardless of the circumstances surrounding your birth. You will end well. I said you will end well. Can I have a believing amen here? David ended well. The first thing about David that amuses me and the fact that he ended well was the fact that David was not perfect but he ended well. You are not perfect, you will end well. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Am I speaking to people who feel they are perfect? Are you perfect in any way? Then let your response show that you are imperfect. Praise God. David was imperfect but he ended well. Praise God. In fact, he was so imperfect that in the book of Psalm 55, he said, As for me, my sins began when I was in my mother's womb. When you read Psalm 55 verse 5, the amplified version. I like the way he puts it in the amplified version. Psalm 55 verse 5. He said, Behold, I was brought forth. Psalm 51 verse 5, sorry. Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity. My mother was sinful when he conceived me, and I too, I am sinful. Praise God. If a man conceived out of sin and born a sinner could end up doing so well in life. You, who was born like that but has been redeemed and washed by the blood of Christ, you are entitled to a better end. South, I'm entitled to a better end. David, his sin could not be covered. It could be atoned. But your sins have been washed away as far as the east is from the west. That is how far God has removed your sin. And if God could remove your sin, you can be sure that he will not count your sins against you. Can somebody give me an amen there? David spoke and said, Oh, Lord, if you are to mark iniquity, Psalm 103 verse, Psalm 130 verse 3. He said, Oh, Lord, if you are to mark iniquity, who will stand? That was David. He knew that his sins were too many, but he also had a secret that brought him to a place where he ended well. And tonight is my prayer that by the time I'm through with you, you will be positioned in a place where David's secret will become your secret. That regardless of your life circumstances, regardless of your birth or background, you will end up doing well in life. Amen. Can somebody give me a belief in amen? amen. Give me a belief in amen. amen. Look at David, 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 first Kings chapter 15, verse 1 to 5. David, David, David. An imperfect man who ended well. 1 Kings 15, 1 to 5. The new 11 translation says, and Abidam began to rule over Judah. In the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He ran in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. He committed the same sins as his father before him. And he was not faithful to the Lord, his God, as his ancestor David had been. Go to verse number four. But for David's sake, in your lifetime, may God spare some people for your sake. This man, David, for his sake, the imperfect man's sake, God was sparing some people. For David's sake, for David's sake, the Bible said, for David's sake, the Lord, his God, allowed his descendants to continue ruling. Listen, when you even mess up, your descendants will do well. And that's why I want you to tap into this very secret. There is a way a man or a woman can walk with God. In such a way that even when they are dead and gone and their children are going wayward, God can still step in and favor their cause. May you be favored in your lifetime. There are some people who are living a certain kind of life today and it's not because of their own lives. I like it when Sunday, uh, Pastor was talking about that in the evening when I joined it. He was talking about people who make certain great sacrifices. The fact that he himself is a product of his own madness, intercessions, and prayers. Praise God. There's a way you can walk with God. There's a way you can relate with God. That long after you are gone, the children after you will be eating from the fruit of your labor. In the book of Proverbs, the Bible said the just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. I see your children blessed after you. I said, I see your children blessed after you. In the book of Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, he said, blessed, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is a man that feared the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. He said, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. He said, Wealth and riches shall be in his house. I see you live that kind of life. I see you live that kind of legacy. Let's go back to Kings, 1 Kings, where I was reading, first Kings 15, verse 1 to 4, and we're reading verse 4. The Bible said, but for David's sake, the Lord, his God, allowed his descendants to continue ruling, shining like a lamp, and he gave Abijam a son to rule after him in Jerusalem. Look at verse 4, the imperfection of David. It's, it's almost like a paradox. God is saying, I'm sparing you because of David. And in the next verse, God is referring to the very sin of David. Look at this. When you are favored, you are favored. And I pray that in your lifetime, some strange favor will hit your life. Most of the time, people think that favor is accident. Favor is not accident. Spiritually, favor is provoked. I said favor is what? Favor is provoked. Favor is provoked. Favor is not accident. If you be promoted in your office... One of the keys by which you'll be promoted is the key of diligence. The Bible says, "See thou a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings and not me men. Do you know that God does not promote lazy people? He doesn't. Because anywhere he promotes a lazy person, he is showcasing himself as a lazy God. And God is a workaholic. So if you are lazy, you can not relate with him. Praise God. The Bible says, for David had done what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and had obeyed the Lord's commands throughout his life, except in the affair concerning Uriah the Hittite. Praise God. What is it that you have done? What single thing have you done that Satan is using to knock you down? Some of us, it's been, yes! One particular thing we did, maybe an abortion you committed. Maybe somebody you slept with and it's been years. And the more you advance with God, Satan keeps on bringing it back to you. I came to announce to you tonight that there is now therefore no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The Bible said if any man be in Christ is a new creature all things have passed away behold all things have become new. He says all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He said for God was in Christ reconciling the word unto himself. Not in impe- our transgresses unto us. Praise God. I want you to know no matter what it is you have done, God's arms are open wide and he's welcoming you back home like he welcomed the prodigal son. You better run into the arms of God. I tell people all the time that the best place to run when you fall into sin is the arms of God. Praise God. Don't quit church because you fornicated. Don't quit church because that somebody caused you havoc or something catastrophic happened in your life. Don't quit church because you see, one of the things Satan uses against us is to get us to move from our appointed place. And most of the time he uses all kinds of things. Sometimes he uses offenses. Offense. You are rebuked by pastor. You are rebuked by leadership. You did something, you are corrected. And because Satan knows that this is the place of your blessing, he will let your pride feed you. Who is it to talk to you like that? You know there are many ICGC churches. Listen, there may be many, but this is your appointed place. Praise God. The Bible said they that are planted in the appointed place, they shall flourish in the court of our God do you know that the apples don't do well everywhere? Apples, they don't. They don't do well everywhere. What is happening to you in prayer temple may not happen to you in Holy Ghost temple. Am I communicating somebody? Maybe I may even say that it may not happen to you even at Christ temple. Am I communicating here? Heavy anointings are in such places, but that is not God's appointed place for you. Praise God. Do you know that everything that happened to the prodigal son happened because he left his appointed place? It's not the money he took that brought him. When he was coming home, he was not coming home for the money. He came home for the relationship. When you are connected, you will collect whatever is due to you. The moment he connected, everything that was due him came to him. Everything that was due him came to him. Everything. Everything. Don't just be around. Be spiritually connected. i yeah. Am I communicating somebody? Be spiritually connected. Connected. Electricity power from across the world will be flowing. But as long as you are not on the national grid, your house will be in darkness. May you not live in darkness. Yeah. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. David was not perfect. He ended well. Number two, David... Did not have a great start, but he ended well. Somebody say, he didn't have a great start. But he ended well. David was not perfect, he ended well. David didn't have a great start, but he ended well. You see, it's good to have a great start. But for the average African, you are not likely to have a great start. Praise God. Some of us, our greatest challenge began with our birth. Where we were born, the village we were born into. We can even stretch it further. The house you were born into. The witches are just too many in that house. Praise God. So, your beginning, David said, I was conceived in sin. His conception was bad. His mother, you don't hear David, apart from talking about the fact that in sin did my mother conceive me. You didn't hear him mention his mother once again in his lifetime. David, I'm sure that because of the circumstances surrounding his birth, the moment David was born, pa. The woman just left him and abandoned. Banding and left and went for greener pastures somewhere. And then took David to the father and left. And the father said, This lady, I'm not sure. I know that I did many things, but I'm not sure I'm responsible for this one. Praise God. And so I will know how to deal with this man. I will eventually send him to the backside of a desert. And then, if I kill him, they may charge me for murder. Let me take him to the backside of a desert and allow him to be eaten by lions and birds because you see as the last child of his father you would have least expected that he would be treated the same way Jacob treated Joseph but not so. Jesse said this guy, good riddance take him to the backside of the desert because your favorite child, usually the last months, last babies, last babies, how many of you are last babies? Last babies, if you don't take care they can easily go bad praise God Because they are usually pampered. Pampered. But David didn't know any of such pampering. At all. The father didn't like him. And the best place he wanted to dispose him. Was to send him to the mouth of lions and bears. But while he was there. When the father sent him there, he wrote in the book of Psalm, Psalm 27 verse 10, he said, when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will lift me up. That was where David discovered God and he encountered God. Everything David became He became it because he had an opportunity to be a shepherd. Listen, sometimes life throws certain bad circumstances at us. You are born, your father is not there. You are born, your mother is not there. And it looks like everything is against you. I came to announce to you, let everything be against you. If God is for you, you are more than a conqueror. I see you fulfill destiny. I see you impart your generation. I see you fulfill your purpose. I see you live well and end well. Can somebody give me an amen here? Jabez was born out of pain. The mother said, you will be called Jabez. But Jabez, no, he was born out of pain. He died after a city, a whole city was named after him. You see, where you are born may not be your choice. And how you are buried, how, where you are born and where you are born may not be your choice. But where you are buried and how you are buried, you have a lot of impact you can make into it. Praise God. Where was Dr. Nkrumah born? In Krofo. Where is he buried in Accra here? Praise God. Where you are born is not your choice. Where you die is your choice. How you die is your choice. Now be coming to that very soon. Praise God. David wasn't born well but he died well. Praise God. Jabez wasn't born well but he died well. Even Jesus, the savior of the world was born in a manger. But by the time he died and rose again, the Bible said, Let this mind be you, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Let this mind be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught in no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a man, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, the Bible said he humbled himself and became obedient. Even unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him. And given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise God. You may have been born without a name. But if you die without a name, is your choice. Praise God. David wasn't born well, but he ended well. You will end well. Amen. I said you will end well. Amen. Let me hear a louder amen. amen. And let me tell you, David didn't end well just by chance. David ended well because he made deliberate choices. Somebody said he made deliberate choices. David made deliberate choices. And tonight and tomorrow night, I will just show you two of such vital choices David made. Two choices. Two important choices David made to end the way he ended. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. What I call the scripture, unless I instruct, keep it at New King James Version. just yes, King James Version. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. He said, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day. Somebody say, I call heaven and earth. Uh-huh. That I have set before thee, life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose life. Somebody say, choose life. You see, God set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. But he told you to choose life. In other words, if God were to choose, he would choose life for you. Praise God. But because you have the power to choose, he says, choose life. The sad thing is that though God has given us the power to choose, a lot of us make choices that end up sabotaging and destroying our destiny. Praise God. God has given you the power to live a blessed life. But it's all rooted in your choice. Somebody say my choice. Say my choice. David had to make one choices to end well. If you read the book of Psalm, Psalm 27, verse 4, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. Praise God. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. David said, One thing I have desired. One thing I will seek after. He made a choice. That brought him to a particular place in life. Where do you want to end in life? In this conference and in my session with you, God is helping you to discover these two vital keys. And as you apply yourself to them, I see you ending the same way David ended. Yes. I said I see you ending the same way David ended. Yes. I see you ending the same way David ended. Yes. Let's go back to David and see how he ended. First Chronicles 29, 28. First Chronicles twenty nine twenty-eight, the new living translation. Okay. He died. Let's read it together. One to go. He died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Amen. This is a generational legacy. You see, yesterday I couldn't talk about it, but David did not die in the prime of life. He died in an old age. God's agenda is for you to live old. You won't die before your time. And I stand on this exalted altar, and I declare that between now and the end of the year, just as you saw January 1st, you see December 31st. Every agenda of hell concerning any life in this assembly and your families in the agenda of help for premature in the premature appointment with death i decree i join my faith with your pastor and i decree that it's canceled in the name of jesus god's agenda of long life shall be fulfilled in your life in the mighty name of jesus the bible said with long life i will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. He said, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God. He will bless thy bread and thy water. I will take sicknesses from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast thy young. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I see you fulfill the number of your days. You will not be denied the residue of your days. He lived long and he enjoyed his life. You see, you, you can live long and endure life. And there are many who are enduring life. Long 70, but he has endured 30 of them. Praise God. Some people live long and they endure. All their marital life, no joy. All their business life, no joy. They go through life and they they are bereft of joy. But I declare, the Bible said, in his presence is fullness of joy, and I write on our pleasures evermore. I declare that in your life there will be fullness of joy. You will live in unspeakable joy. A lot of people think that joy is bought, joy is a gift. In the Bible, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it said, A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, but has not given him the power to eat thereof. He said it's an evil disease. It's an evil disease when you have oh, you have a great car you can drive yourself to anywhere, but you are you are you, you have a stroke in your leg and you can't drive the car. Praise God, it's an evil disease. It's an evil disease. When you can buy any food with any amount of sugar, but they tell you you must be sugar-free. Praise God. Anything sweet, you are denied. And at your young age, so, so bitter things. Bitter lemon, bitter leaf. Those are the things you are living. I pray that your season will change. If you are carrying any strange sickness in your body, I curse it to weather. I curse it to die in the name of Jesus. It's an evil disease. An evil disease. An evil disease. When you have a house and you can't sleep. When you have a beautiful house in a beautiful place, and your security man sleeps and snores, and you are awake at 2 a.m. It's an evil disease. There's air conditioning, jacuzzi, everything. But the moment you enter your bedroom, you begin to hear voices. And you have to literally go and sleep in your sofa in the hall. It's an evil disease. I'm not telling you fairy tales. I'm talking to you about things that we come face to face with, we hear, and we know about as pastors every day. Praise God. That's why David wrote in the book of Psalms, he said, When I looked at the prosperity of the wicked, I was envious. But when I came into the presence of God, I understood their end. Praise God. It's not everybody you see in Land Cruiser, that is really Land Cruising. It's not everybody you see in airport residential, that is really in a residential state. Am I communicating here? That's why the Bible said, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There are people you are desiring to be like. And they are wishing they were not in their state. You want to be like them. When a songwriter wrote a song and said. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I want is to be like him. All through life journeys. From earth to glory. All I want is to be like him.
1: Some of us.
0: When we wake up. We sing songs, and there are certain names and people we want to be like. And those people are actually living in regret. But because they won't talk about it, because they don't show that, you are not aware. Praise God! Praise God! David lived old, enjoyed his life. I prophesy to you, you will live long, and you will enjoy your life. You will live very long and enjoy your life. You see, listen, you see, the cry of every great person, the desire of every every great person, every successful person, one of their greatest concerns, particularly when it comes to their time of exiting or dying, is the legacy they are leaving behind. Who gets to take care of it? Who will man my house? Who man my business? Who will take care of my children? There is no wise person who does not think about things like this. Anybody who builds something worthwhile in his lifetime, at one point in time or the other, will think about this. But do you know that in David's lifetime, <laughs> listen, God is such a good God, God is such a good God. David had many children. Many concubines and had many children. But do you know that when God wanted to make a choice of a child to take, to reign in his place, he chose none other but the one he made a mistake to bring. So even your mistake, God can pick that mistake. Now listen, that's why what I'm teaching is very, very important. What I'm going to share with you you don't just have to hear it in one way and let it pass another way. It's something that must stay with you. I'm not coming to teach you something that you will just have to live in the moment or in the conference. I tell your pastor all the time, when I, by the grace of God, I get the opportunity to come here. What I seek to do in every church i preach in is to teach and share something that will impact people for a long time. Praise God. What I'm about to share with you, if you can key into it. And make it a part and parcel of your life. We have heard it before. We are familiar with it. We quote it. But we don't live it. Praise God. If we were living it, this church will be different. If you were living it, your own life will be different. Some people also live it but for a short time. But others live it perpetually. David lived it perpetually. And it's my prayer that tonight you will live it perpetually. It will become a part and parcel of your life. When David was already dying, there was a son ready and prepared. There were many who were canvassing for his position. But there was only one person God had ordained to take his place. And that was Solomon. What David built, Solomon enlarged. I pray that in your lifetime, whatever you build, may God give you sons and daughters who will enlarge it. In the name of Jesus, may they enlarge your dreams. May they enlarge your vision. In the name of Jesus, May you not build and a wicked person take over. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout a believing, amen. The question is, what did David do? What about David? Made him so special. What about David? Brought him to this kind of end. What about David? Gave him this glorious end in his life we will pick it from the same text where he ended. Praise God. When you read First Chronicles, where we read and where we are now is the last two verses in First Chronicles. But if you want to see what made David, David, we have to jump back and come to First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. And then we'll pick it up from there. Give me the King James Version, please furthermore David the king said unto all the congregation Solomon my son whom alone God has chosen is yet young and tender and the work is great somebody said the work is great I'll be dealing with this tomorrow the work is great for the palace is not for man but for the Lord God go Go to verse (laughs) 2 now I have prepared with all my might somebody said I prepared with all my might Oh, read it. i prepared prepare with all my He said, I'll prepare with all my might for the house of my God. The God for the things of Read it with me. God for the things of You should not fear to say God. Yesterday I told you if you don't learn to handle God, heaven, you won't get it. Praise God. God for the things of silver for the things of Brass for the things of Brass. iron for the things of iron. wood for the things of on stones and stones to be set, Glycerin stones and of diverse colours and of all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Praise God. Come to verse 3. Moreover, somebody say, Moreover. Moreover, because I have done what set my affection to the house. Of my God, are you ready to hear? Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, David. He said, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above. Somebody say over and above. Say over and above. Over and above. For the holy house tonight I'm looking at affection, somebody say affection tomorrow I will look at another one that starts with A, but that's for tomorrow praise God, affection David said because I have set my affection you see what God can add to your life the additions you command in life is a function of where you set your affection in life The additions you command in life is a product of where you set your affection in life. In this conference, I want to ask you, where is your affection? ICGC, North Ligon, Prayer Temple. Where is your affection? Where is it? Where is it? Where is your affection? Quarry says, where is your affection? Is it just to be dressed nicely and join them on stage and move your body left and right? Where is your affection? Camera camera crew, where is your affection? Where is your affection? Leaders and elders of the church. Where is our affection? Is it just to join the sit at the front row and be acknowledged as an elder or a deacon in the church? Where is your affection? There be said, because I have set my affection. Now, Come to Psalm 91, verse 14 to 16. Hmm. David knew how to direct his affection. Somebody say his affection. Oh, may your affection be directed aright. Hmm. The word affection also means love. Praise God. When you say somebody is affectionate towards you, it means a person is in love with you. David set his love on God. And we must set our love likewise. Because he has set, somebody say he has set, knows like, you know the way you can set your watch? You are in Ghana, but you can set your watch to be in Nigerian time. You are in Ghana, you can set your watch to be in American time. So you set it. Anywhere you set your time, that's where it will be. Your time can be reading one hour ahead. And it's because you set it so. Most times, my time is 15 minutes ahead. Because I don't want to be late for events. Praise God. So you can set your affection. And that is a responsibility God wants all of us to have. Where is your affection? Wherever your affection is. If it's on Chelsea, you have set it so. If it's on money, you have set it so. If it's on women, you have set it so. If you have, it's on entertainment, you have set it so. And if it's on the house of God and on God, you have set it so. And I pray that tonight and in this conference, you will rewire and set your affection on God. May your affection be set on God. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Give me a believing amen. The Bible said, because he has set his affection on me. Many people are in church. Their affection has been set on getting a husband. Let them get it. Pastor won't find them. Some people, the affection is on getting a child. The day they conceive, that is the day they will stop giving certain seeds in church. Some people, their affection is on uh, getting a name for themselves in the church. They give a the gift and it must be publicly announced. Where is your affection set? You can be in church and it's interesting that your affection can be set on singing. Praise God. You are gifted with singing and your affection is on singing. That's all. The thing that motivates you and drives you to come to church is singing. David set his affection on God. You know, the Bible talks about David in Acts chapter 13 verse 12. That's when David was introduced. Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Acts 13, 22. King James Version says, And when he had removed him, I pray and prophesy in this conference, people with negative affection shall be removed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me tell you, listen, your placement by God is a product of your affection for God. Where God places you in life is a function of your affection for Him. Where? When you read the book of Samuel, the Bible said God lifted David and set him so high, so high, you remember when david even messed up god told him david even if you wanted additional wives i could have given it to you there was nothing david needed that god would not have given it to him why because when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness you don't get to seek any other thing again i pray that everyone in ictc north lego prayer temple you will seek after god above everything else May you seek after God above everything else. That's where the affection was. He said, When you have removed him, listen, God does not just promote people, God also removes people. The Bible said, Promotion. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong. In the book of Psalms, he said, Promotion does not come from the east, nor the west, nor the south. But God is the judge. He put that down one and set it up another. In this conference, God is changing your position. And he's changing your position because your affection is changing. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Give me a believing amen here. Give me a believing amen here. When he had removed him. When he had removed him. He raised up unto them David to be their king. I don't know which position you are in. But I see God raising you up the God of prayer temple will raise you up this afternoon pastor was showing me a gentleman who came into covenant with the church to do something specifically for the church consistently and he was telling me how God is lifting him up praise God God is a lifter you will be the next to be lifted I said God is a lifter you will be the next to be lifted Amen. David said Thou, oh Lord are the seed for me my glory and the lifter up of my head may god lift up your head may god lift up your head where nobody can see it may god lift up your head where nobody can stop it you see when people are promoting you they can stop your promotion when your promotion is coming from men some people can sit on it but i can't imagine a man sitting on a man that god wants to promote when god wants to promote you nobody can sit on it anybody who decides to sit on it god will eliminate them After this conference, anyone that will stand in the way of your promotion, God will lift them high. God will remove them and throw them away. Can somebody give me a believing amen? God will change your position supernaturally. Before 31st December, if you accept your affection right, I see God change your position. I see God change your position. I see God shift your level. Somebody shout a believing amen. When he had removed him, he chose David. And the Bible says he chose him. Of whom he gave testimony. When he chose him, when David was chosen, they didn't talk about his degree. They didn't talk about who gave birth to him. They didn't talk about who trained him as a pastor. They didn't talk about who trained him to be a king. There was only one testimony. And the testimony was that David is a man after God's own heart was all he needed most of the time we think we need so many things you think you need somebody to come from abroad. You think you need to be born by the richest man in Ghana. You think you need to be born by the United, in the United States of America to do well. You think that you must travel to a far away country to do well. I came to announce to you, anywhere you are, when your affection is rightly located on God, you are okay to be blessed. You are a candidate of blessing. If your affection can be set right on God, no matter where you are, God can reach you. The Bible said, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, searching the earth, looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards Him. May your heart be perfect towards God. I said, may your heart be perfect towards God. May your heart go all out after God. That was all. Look at your life. With all your degrees, see how you are struggling. With all your efforts, you want to connect to this parliamentarian, you want to connect to that parliamentarian. Those of you in a crowd because you live close to them, that is your wahala. The more you connect, it looks like the more you become dislocated. Promises upon promises. And the more they promise you, the more they fail you. Because let every man be a liar, let God be true. You see, the most important personality in your life, you have saved him and you are looking for men. David said they looked unto him and were enlightened. And their faces were not ashamed. I will lift up my eyes to so the hills from whence cometh my help, my head cometh from the Lord. The Lord which made the heavens and the earth. That was all David needed. You don't need the vote of Ghana to become the person God wants you to be. You don't need the vote of your office to become the kind of person God wants you to be. You don't need to be liked by your father. David was not liked by his father. He was hated by his brothers. But when God said yes, everybody had to say yes to him. I see men saying yes to you. Multitudes will say yes to you. People will say yes to you left, right, and center. After this conference, men of substance will say yes to you that man who has been dilly dallying with you it's as if he wants to marry you it's as if he's not sure after this conference he'll say yes to you that visa application that is not going through I profess a yes for you this time can somebody give me a believing amen shout it's my season of yes say it's my season of yes David and Saul, the contrast was so wide. David's heart was after God, Saul's heart was after position. When Saul sinned and then he was reprimanded, he told the prophet, I have sinned, I know, but still honor me. Honor me! Let me still have my position. But when David sinned, he was not thinking about his position. There was only one thing David was concerned about. He said, create in me a clean heart. He was not pure. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. And renew a right spirit within me. He said, I can lose the throne. I don't want to lose your spirit. I can lose my position. I don't want to lose your spirit. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Most of us, we claim we love God. We claim our affection is fixed on God. But the least thing we lose, we want to lose God. If you lose your job, you are not coming to church. If something catastrophic happens to you, we are not going to see you in a long time to come. Why? Because you are committed to those things and not to God. David said, I can lose anything and everything, but don't let me lose your Holy Spirit. Don't let me lose your presence. Don't let me lose it. Don't let me lose it. Don't let me lose it. Some of us can trade God's presence in our lives for money. When your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you can surround the body to a man who has not married you and he's just pressing, pressing you like a rat mango. Yeah! The temple of the Holy Ghost. They press you anyhow. When your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know what? You see? Because you, you prefer money. He buys you an iPhone or he gives you a capita that cannot replace the place of a holy ghost in your life that cannot david said i can lose everything i don't want to be rich all i want is your presence and when he had the presence every other thing was available for him do you know that nobody could take away the throne from david not even when his own son rose up against him he could not why Because when God makes you a king and establishes you, he has established you forever. I pray that you'll be established by God. I pray that you'll be enthroned by God. I pray that your affection will come on God. In the name of Jesus. Your affection. Setting your love on God. And by the way, if you think all of this is a joke, or you think that it's not worth much. You know, pastor, what is, what is this? You know, Matthew 6.33 is one of the scriptures that is quoted very often in churches. But that is the scripture that is most neglected in the lives of a lot of Christians. Seek ye first. We read it, we don't understand it. Seek ye first. It means that when you are very tight, God must be first. When you have a tight appointment to meet, you must still wake up and God must be spoken with. Wake up in the morning. You are not rushing for the interview. Father, I thank you. Lord, I want to love you. Thank you for the interview, but I want to love you. I want to spend time with you. Am I communicating something. God first when you are very tight financially. God first. You don't use your tight or your building plates and hope to pay it when you get the next money. God first. Somebody say God first. You see. When God becomes the priority for your life, he makes you a showpiece to your world. I said when God becomes a priority for your life, he makes you what? A showpiece to your world. A lot of us are trying to showcase ourselves to the world. That's why we are frustrated. But when God, in this era of technology where there's YouTube, anybody at all who is not singing anything can sing something and put himself on Facebook. YouTube. A lot of people are doing showmanship. But there is God's show. When God puts you on the screen, those who like you, those who don't like you, they must celebrate you. After this conference, you shall be celebrated. I said after this conference, you shall be celebrated. How valuable is it when your affection is set on God? Why is it so important that your love must be set in nowhere but on God? Because the Bible said because he has set his love upon me Psalm 90 verse 14 let's go Psalm 90 verse 14 91 verse 14 because he has set his love upon me therefore will I deliver him great deliverances are awaiting you he said I will set him on high because he has known my name you will be set on high I said you will be set on high you will be set on high your affection is truly set on God there are many blessings that come with it but I want to leave you with the principal one and that can be found in Romans 8 verse 28 he said and we know we don't think we don't pray there are a lot of people who are praying that all things work together for them there are a lot of people who are thinking that all things will work together for them but the Bible says we know all things work together for the good of them who love God who what who love their job who love their wives, who love their children, who loves their position, the good of them, who what? loves God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together. All things. After this conference, anything that is working against you will work for you. I said anything that is working against you will work for you. All things work together for those who love God and are the called. All things. When I look at David's life, I see a man for whom everything worked together. The mother dumped him. The father didn't like him. And then he developed a richer relationship with God. Threw him at the backside of a desert. And at the backside of a desert, he obtained his CV that qualified him to come and fight a champion which shot him to fame overnight. That was it. A man that was thrown to be eaten by lions and bears he actually trained with lions and bears and became a champion. A man was sent to battle to send food. When he got there, that was the time Goliath was speaking. Everything was working together for his good. So, he told him so bad and through him, he learned how to be a good king. So tomorrow, David remains the greatest king of Israel. Do you know that the nation of Israel, the star in their flag, is not the star of Solomon, He was the richest and the greatest. But the star in it is called the star of David. That is how generationally blessed David has become. That is how. That is how. And David's affection was fixed on God. From day one till he finished. You remember, the Bible said Solomon started by loving God. By the time he was finishing, he had left God and he was following other things. And so, consistently, God refer, go through Kings, go through First Samuel, go through Chronicles, and it, it will amaze you the number of times God says, and for David's sake, and for David's sake, and for David's sake, and for David's sake, you think it's by luck, you think it's by prayer, it's a question of affection. It's a question of affection. His affection was faced when it had to do with God. Everything can wait. David, he is a king. But they are bringing the ark of the covenant. And David cast away his royal robes. Come and see him dance like crazy. That's David. Look at you. You have not gone anywhere else. It's just some small company you are trying to form. A company that has not even gone beyond a crowd. When you come to church and we are dancing, you disdain and despise people in your heart. That's why you are not going far. That's why you are not going far. You've not gone anywhere wait for praise and worship before you come to church that's why you are not going far because if you can't lift him high he won't lift you high I'm not communicating somebody at all some of us, our ladenity and our gentility only show up when it's time to give God his highest honor and praise that's probably why you are not doing so well that's probably why sicknesses and diseases are afflicting on every side in fact, you are even getting great you have become great but that is why you are not getting greater than you like you expect praise God David was so elevated by God there was nothing that's the thing the reason why it pained God so much that David went for Bathsheba was that God could have given David a thousand times of Bathsheba type of woman if David wanted it God told him God told him God. why because his affection was there may your affection come on God I said may your affection come on God may your affection come on go all things somebody say all things. all things i'm closing now all things you see your affection just as you can set your watch and not know the time you have set your watch to be if you set your watch 15 minutes fast you know it's 15 minutes fast two of us am i complicating somebody listen if somebody is sleeping around you have the person because one of the things Satan uses to destroy people is to let you sleep when you are hearing of important things like this. Praise God. When you are watching Ghana movie, you sleep. Nigeria movie, you sleep. I'm putting in your hand the master key for life. And you are sleeping. Praise God. Why you set your watch? Fifteen minutes fast, you know it. When you set your affection on God, let me tell you, you also know it. Praise God. When your affection is on God, it's obvious. It's not one of those things, you know. A lot of people say, ah, Christianity is of the heart. Christianity is of the heart. Christianity. Any true Christianity that is only of the heart and does not give expression on the outers, outside is fake. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When your heart is in a place, there are things that will show. When your affection is on God, there are practical proofs to it. And I'll walk you through a few of them and I'll close. One, when your heart is fixed on God, you will spend time with Him. You will spend what? Time with Him. Have you met people who are newly in love? Almost everywhere. I don't go, I don't go, I don't go for me, I don't go. Almost everywhere you see them moving together. They move love beds. It looks like nothing can separate me. I love you forever. I love you forever. Everywhere. They move together. Everywhere. Everywhere. Sometimes you hear people who divorce. And you wonder. Are these not the people who are so close and glued together? What happened? When you are in love. You will spend time. If you can't spend time with God, come to church. Time is a exceeded 15 minutes and you are checking your watch. While you wake up in the morning, have no time of fellowship alone with God. You pick up your phone, you check your WhatsApp. Who sent the last business information you need? Do you know some people have better phones than you have. They have better business deeds than you have. But when they open the, the, the next day, when they try to open their eyes, could cannot open. When God helps you and you see another day, the first place to go is not your phone. The first place is to go is to say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. Am I communicating somebody at all? Psalm 61 verse 1. The Bible said, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee early, not too late. Some of you do your quiet time in the evening. And Satan is a masterminder. He tells you do it in the evening. You know, in the morning I cry, you have to beat traffic. And the last time you did your, your devotion, you can't remember. Why? Because Satan will always occupy your day so that by the time you reach home in the evening, even to itself it will be difficult, let alone do quiet time. Early will I seek thee. Somebody say early will I seek thee. My soul tested for Thee, my flesh longed. Psalm sixty-three, verse one. Early will I seek Thee. My soul tested for Thee, my flesh longed for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Psalm forty-two, verse two. He said, "As the deer panted after the water brooks, so my soul panted for God, hungry for God every day of his life." David did not express his hunger for God in church. You see. When we come to church hungry for God, worship will be different. When we come to church hungry for God, every message is a good message. But when you come to church with your mind boiled down and weighed by other things, pastor can preach and sweat and yet you will still not see anything. And that you're not church, uh, I'm sorry I am boring. Your life is boring. It's your life. It's your miserable life. Praise God. Can you come to a place where the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And then you come and leave that place and your life is, uh, you're saying church was boring. When church is boring, you are boring. Praise God. When you are in love with God and your affection is on God, number two, your love is where? Your love what? Your love is word. David was speaking Psalm 92, Psalm 97. Psalm 119 verse 97. He said, oh Lord, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all day. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love your law. When you are in love with God, you don't preach when they are, we don't sleep when they are preaching. Am I communicating here? You don't sleep. You don't pick your Bible and doze off. You love the word. When the word is coming, you are alive." How I love that Lord. It is my meditation all day. All day. Because Christians in our era, in our times, have lost our love for God. We we are allowing people to deceive us in the church. People do all kinds of things in the name of Christianity. Sell a jungle to us. Sell holy water to us. Sell all manner of things to us. Because the master key of life This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth But thou shalt meditate therein day and night That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous And you have good success You have neglected the book And you are going from place to place For holy water Holy water can help you It doesn't If the book cannot help you You can't go far Am I communicating here This is the master book of life When you are in love with God, you will obey him with delight. Somebody say obey him with delight. When obedience is difficult, love is not in place. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. When tithing is a burden, instead of a delight, your love for God is in question. Praise God. Praise God. When tithing, when giving, it's a difficulty for you. Love is not in place. Obedience. David said, "Oh, how I love thy law." He said, "I delight greatly in your law." Psalm one, one, two, verse one. He said, "Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. Delights greatly in his commandment. Everything God says, you are moved to do it. God tells you, drop a seed, you drop it. God says, move, you go." Reach out to souls. You are reaching out. Everything God tells you, you are, you are moved to do it. May we move at the impulse of his word. May we move at the impulse of his word. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen. Number four, when love for God or affection is fixed on God, you will love righteousness and hate sin. You love righteousness. David eh, was not perfect. But I, I want you to know, David did not love iniquity. Praise God. He wasn't perfect. But he hated sin. That's why he could write a whole chapter. Just to confess sin. One sin. He wrote a whole chapter. worked over it. While another person was defending his. Then you are sleeping with someone who is married to another person. And you are in church. Singing in the choir. Giving fat offerings. That's not a lover of righteousness. That's a lover of wickedness. Praise God. When you are in love with God, your affection is fixed on God. You will love righteousness. You see, the reason why God could easily overlook David's sin was because the moment David was told, David said, I have sinned. The moment he said, I have sinned. And God immediately, where you go? Read it again. He, David said, I have sinned. And God said, I have also laid away your iniquity. Immediately. Immediately. Why? Because according to Proverbs, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh shall obtain mercy." You have committed fornication and a seed has been taken. Don't add sin to sin and commit abortion. Am I communicating here? Don't add sin to sin. Don't ask him to sin. It doesn't show that you love God enough. Don't ask him to sin. Don't. I close. When you are in, your affection is fixed on God, you will love his house. You will love what? Some of us love companies with unbelievers than the house of God. When coming to the church is a burden for you, you are not in love. David said, how amiable are your tabernacles? My soul longs to dwell in your presence. David was speaking and by the way, David was not a mean person. He was a king of Israel. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I would rather be, you know who a doorkeeper is? It's like the security man. You, you are just an ordinary banker and to usher self, you think it's above you. That's why you may be an employee for for, for life. Praise God. You think you, you see, just a doctor that you have become. Just doctor, you have become. And that's so tell you. You can't bring yourself down to play keyboard or do anything in church. And you just come to church and you sit idle. David was a doorkeeper. That was a man in love with God. And I close with this. When love for God is in place, you will give to advance God's house. Somebody say you will give. Say, I will give. Say, I will give. You will give, you will give to advance God's house. You will give. David said of my own proper good, I have given over and above, over and above, over and above. Tomorrow, I'll deal with that. You will give. You will give. You will give. You see, your heart cannot be with God when your money is not with God. Your heart cannot be with God when your money, the amount of money you give to God is a, is a revelation of how much of your heart is given to God. Did you hear what I said? The amount of money you give, when your offering is one Ghana, your heart is one Ghana to go. When your offering is ten Ghana, your heart is ten Ghana to go. When your heart is hundred Ghana, your offering is hundred Ghana to go. Why? Because the Bible says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. You know why? When that lady said no to you, you were almost committed suicide. The investment was heavy. The investment was what? Heavy. The investment was heavy. When, you see, when we invest heavily in God, it's very difficult for us to bust Do you know Christians who can easily bust Though there, there are Christians who have not made a lot of investment in God when you make heavy investment with God knowing the dividends that are waiting you on the other side is too difficult for you to backslide. but when your investments are shallow when your investments are little you can easily walk away you can easily walk away when men's gold, men's gold failed men kai yao but when men's gold failed some people just had a discomfort, their equilibrium was destabilized for a while. Other people have gone into shock, they are yet to recover. Why? The investment is the investment is the investment is when we are personally in love and our affection respect on God, we make heavy investments, heavy investment. Do you love God? Do you love God? How much investment are you making into God? What? How consistent and regular is your tithe? If we pull out your tithe record, how consistent is it? January, and then long break. You appeared in June, and then another break. Praise God. It's a show of the break you have given God in your heart. It shows. It shows. It shows. Tonight, I believe that God is calling us to one place. And that's to himself. To himself. God is calling us to where? Himself. God is calling us to himself. Do you know that God asked for your heart? In the book of Proverbs, I close to that. Proverbs 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. He said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Somebody say, my son. Say, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Do you know that was all that Solomon had to offer to become Solomon? That's all Solomon didn't offer anything. His heart. Because he offered his heart, he could give a, a thousand bent offerings. Because his heart was gone. When your heart is gone, nothing is too much to give to God. Nothing is too much to give to God. Tonight, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. And give him your heart. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. Open your mouth, put your hand on your heart and speak to God, I give you my heart. Give you my heart.